just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope everybody's doing well. We are back and back by popular demand. We've got Ed Jones. Ed, it seemed like it seemed like uh, all the people that uh, wrote in to me after the fact, I asked them to uh, liked what we were doing here. So that's 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 a good thing. Yeah, it pleased me. One thing I did notice, a couple of folks made reference to my accent, and uh, (laughs) I'd forgotten I have one. Um, I mean, I've always had one back when we were back in Minnesota. I kind of lost some of it now that I've been back in the South again, and and I'm being uh, uh, particularly, uh, um, I don't know what's the other. Cautious about it? Yeah, uh, to to tell you exactly where I am. Of course, I did last time, but but uh, I'm uh, a little reluctant to give you my specific location. Uh, you know. Yeah, there's no need to do that. This is a little different situation than TikTok, though. TikTok, you get a lot of the trolls and those kinds of people coming in. Here on the podcast, it's mostly all us. You know, there is really no people wasting their time that are trolls listening to the podcast because they can't respond or they can respond, but not in real time. So it's not fun for them. Most of the people that are listening to the podcast are friendly folk, if you will. (laughs) Well, that's good to know. Uh, That's that's real good to know. (laughs) Well, you know, the thing about it is, is Ed Jones is also an actor. He does a lot of plays and that sort of thing. And while he does have a slight southern accent having come from tennessee you can affect even an even more more severe accent correct oh yeah i can talk like this anytime i want to (laughs) and the trouble is most your neighbors do right (laughs) but they would understand that better (laughs) (laughs) that boy talks funny You know, the funny thing, you you miss you mention acting and so forth, but and this is absolutely true. Uh this here uh uh accent, uh like if I was gonna tell you how to get somewhere and I told you you go down the road a piece and then you turn to the left and after a little while you'll see it right over yonder. <laughs> now yeah, I don't know what the hell you just said. <laughs> probably not, but you know who would know? Who? William Shakespeare. Why would William Shakespeare know this? Because the accent that I just gave you is the closest approximation to what was being used in England at that time uh, of William Shakespeare. Because most of the immigrants to this area came over straight from the British Isles, and they were isolated here for you know a hundred years. Without wow. that much outside influence, till radio showed up, really. So, uh, so it, it's fairly pure. So, what you're saying is that uh, William Shakespeare was a Trump humper. <laughs> no, I won't go that far. I will <laughs> say this: if you want to get the real William Shakespeare accent, you should probably combine uh, Paul McCartney and Dolly Parton, and you'd nail it. <laughs> Well, now that folks have thought that they tuned to a podcast about weird history, <laughs> let's get down to the meat and potatoes of what we're here to talk about. And of course, Ed and I uh, explained last time we were on is that we are of a similar mind in terms of politics and uh, of a similar mind to all those folks listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. And I woke up this morning, Ed, and I hear about this missile strike at a train station in Ukraine, 50 people are dead, civilians, and 98 people are wounded, which is amazing because there are thousands of people there at the time. So uh, the fact that that's all that were affected by this is truly amazing. But I'm watching this Ukrainian war thing, and I know you are too, and it's kind of frustrating because we're dealing with a bully here. He says, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and you try to help the guys. But if we want to step in, well, I could use nukes. This is a typical tact by bullies. Wouldn't you agree? 
Absolutely. And the, the guy is completely ruthless. He has absolutely no compunction about doing everything as horrible as he possibly can in order to break the spirit of the Ukrainian people. That's what this is all about. Well, and this isn't something new either. From what I understand, no. this is a strategy they've employed for a hundred years plus. Uh, they did it in World War II. They did it in Syria. That that's just who these people are. Uh, apparently, that is the case, and and we don't know if uh, Joe Rachmaninoff, uh, sitting somewhere there in in Russia agrees with all of this, or if he's just afraid not to speak out, uh, or or feels like that the, the state is so much over him, has so much power that it can't be toppled. We don't know. But I just saw a thing that says uh, that Putin has like 74 to 78 uh, percent popularity uh, there now, and, and it's actually growing. So uh, who who really knows? But the fact is, brutality is being used to an extreme extent, and um, it's not going to change, I'm sure. My guess is that uh, most people would be against if they knew exactly what was going on. What's going on with uh, Vladimir Putin, in my mind, in Russia is very similar with, to what's happening with uh, the Republicans or the Trump fucks here. They only get their information from one source. That one source is tainted. They lie to them and they believe it because that's all they hear. And I think that's what's happening in Russia and certainly what's happening amongst the uh, Trump fucks in this country. They only hear one source. And to me, that's one of the most divisive things in this country is the media. You've got certain people hearing some things, other people hearing other things, and there's no place in between. Exactly. And you have to be proactive in your listening and in searching out your sources. Uh, As a news director for almost 30 years, I, I developed certain sources that I trusted, and that's where I went. And if I got three of them to agree, then I would go with the story. Otherwise, I would try to find where the problem was and correct it. Most people choose their outlet, and that's what they stick with. And especially uh, the Trump supporters, they go with Fox because that's what they know, because their prejudices are reinforced every time they turn on the television. Yeah, they went from cartoons and Looney Tunes right to Fox, and all of it's just as silly. But now they believe that it's all true. Uh, it's it's you know, and the other thing is there's a lot of people out there, both on the left and the right, are kind of lazy. They look at the headline and they think, okay, that's the news story. But when you dig deeper down into the story, you realize there's more to it. So there are things the left puts out that sound horrible or tragic, but they don't read deeper into the story, so they don't know the whole truth. Exactly. And and I, I have to, you know, go forward with a little bit of caution when it comes to media other than Fox, because really what we have is corporate media Absolutely. in this country for the most part. And they are not going to go against their corporate masters. I mean, uh, Jeff Bezos and, and guys like this who own papers like The Washington Post and uh, and uh, Rupert Murdoch, who owns The Wall Street Journal and so forth. Uh, these folks, they say they keep hands off, but we know better. I mean, in every corporation, there is a corporate culture where you know without being told what you need to do. And in the corporate media, it's not so much that they are doing what Fox does and maligning everything that uh, Joe Biden does. They don't have to do that because Fox is already doing it. And the Sinclair Group in television and countless small papers and so forth, they're doing that. What the corporate, the corporate media does is, uh, I call it malign neglect, in that they don't run stories that we're on track to reduce the deficit by a trillion dollars this year, or that uh, unemployment is the lowest it's been in memory. Uh, well, they want they to report you. that. They exactly. want the upheaval, the trauma, the drama, and all that stuff, because that that factors into uh, audience, and that factors into to money. That's that's the one thing as a newsman uh, that you were at one point. Um, 
there was a time in history when the most important thing was the news, the accuracy, and the unbiased news. That's gone away. None of that really matters. It's all about money now and whatever it takes to get money. And that's the unfortunate thing. So that means all of us are not getting any kind of real news. Absolutely. And and you and I, Mike, especially me, uh, because I'm a little bit older, we had this, this brief window of Walter Cronkite and uh, Huntley and Brinkley and uh, Eric Severide and these great news people who were dedicated to getting the truth out. If you go back far enough, though, you'll find newspapers that had the name Republican or Democrat in the title. Right, <laughs> or, right. Or, uh, so they, they advertised exactly who they were and what they were representing. We have the same thing now. We just don't label it. Exactly. Exactly. And people become attracted to whatever furthers their agenda. And that's the unfortunate part of it. So we're, we're talking about Ukraine now, now and Russia. We've got this problem. Russia is saying they're attacking the Nazis, saving their children. That's what they're selling back home at Russia. They're causing unbelievable devastation and atrocities in Ukraine. And, of course, America and NATO is doing everything they can with providing money, weapons, ammunition, supplies, whatever it is to help bolster Ukraine and trying to hold them back. And, and it is working, but the atrocities continue. And as I said, we're kind of in a tough spot. I mean, we could send all of NATO in there and wipe the Russian army out in about fucking hour. But we don't do that because we're afraid that Vladimir Putin is going to rise, raise this to a World War III and cause nuclear conflict. So we've got this bully holding this thing over our head, yet we're seeing the atrocities. There's got to be somewhere in between uh, the support we're now giving and smacking them in the snout, which is what you really need to do to a bully to get them to stop. That's the quandary here for everybody. And I don't know if there's an answer. Well, I think uh, uh, it's picking up. I think we are sending more material. I think we'll be better able to get it to the Ukrainian forces so that they can use it against the Russians. Uh, I must tell you, I'm of mixed minds when it comes to uh, uh, the nuclear question. Is he crazy enough to use nuclear weapons and destroy the world? Because, quite frankly, we both know that's exactly what would happen. Exactly. Once the first nuke flies, it's all over. Uh, here we are in Doctor Strange territory. And um, that's extremely unfortunate. I don't see that we would ever be able to get nuclear disarmament, which would be ideal. But uh, somebody would always keep a few back, don't you think? Oh, yeah, they'd hide it. And, you know, the thing about it is, is with, with Vladimir Putin and this nuclear threat, I think either... Vladimir Putin is that crazy at this point in his life, um, or he just wants us to believe he's that crazy. It's a matter of leverage. And, uh, you know, when you're in the schoolyard and you're going to get into a fight, if you think this guy's really tough, you're going to avoid getting in that fight with him. But if you think he's weak, then you're going to wade into it and probably whoop his ass. And this is the problem we have with Vladimir Putin right now. We don't know if he's crazy. He's happy that we don't know he's crazy. It's kind of like when Reagan came in. Nobody knew what the fuck he was going to do, so they stood back. But with Vladimir Putin, the same thing is there. The thing about it is, is as powerful as Vladimir Putin is, when it came to a nuclear war or somebody pushing a button, it's not just Vladimir Putin sitting at a desk with a button that is ready to hit it. There has to be a process that goes through it. And as much as Vladimir Putin might be crazy, I got to think there are people under him that are kind of in the process of getting something like this done saying, whoa, wait a minute, this is fucking crazy. I'm killing my whole family. I'm killing everything on this earth. And they might think better of it. So I'm not as concerned about a nuclear war. It's 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 basically it's basically a threat, but I don't think they'd follow through with it. I think you're probably right. And as a matter of fact, there's a couple of instances uh, back a few years, and I can't remember the exact year it happened, but there was some uh, meteoric activity or something or maybe it was even a flock of birds that let the Russians know that there was a massive 
flight of missiles headed their way from the United States. Right. Fortunately, the guy who saw this held off until they determined that no, uh, they were not being attacked. And this guy, this low level bureaucrat really saved the world, so to speak. Uh, the other thing we saw during the, uh, the January 6th confrontation, the Chinese got very, very spooked about what was going on. And they were afraid that uh, Trump would launch an attack on them. And it was only General Miley calling up uh, someone he knew in the, the Chinese military structure, reassuring them, someone that he had built some trust with, that kept them from possibly launching a, a, a uh, their own uh, attack ahead of Pre-em- time. Preemptive attack. Pre-emptive. Yeah. Exactly. That was the word I was searching for. Thank but, you. but, but, but the thing is, people. I think a lot of people think that Joe Biden's got a desk, Vladimir Putin's got a desk. There's a button. All they have to do is push it, and the nuclear war starts. That's not how it is. Everything oh. is a process, and there are fail safes, and there's all kinds of things. So the likelihood of this turning into a nuclear conflict is. Um, is unlikely, I think. But at the same point, somebody needs to grab Vladimir Putin by the throat, slap him in the snout and say, you fucking stop this. Otherwise, some bad shit, some worse shit is going to happen. That's the only way they stop him unless somebody in Russia comes in and does the same. Uh, because if he's allowed to continue to do what he's doing, he's never going to stop. He doesn't care about his own troops dying. Not at all. And uh, Ukraine would be the first step. I mean, I hate to get into domino theory here, but uh, if he gets Ukraine, then what's next? Montenegro, Poland? Right. Who knows? Well, of course, people always say, well, the moment he steps into NATO, then all bets are off. We're going after this motherfucker. Okay. I get that. And that's a nice threat. And hopefully Vladimir Putin understands that threat and stays away from risking that. But at some point, when you see the atrocities, you're hearing about women and children being raped, tortured, and murdered, civilians being targeted. There's got to be a point where NATO says, all right, fuck this. This is enough. You haven't stepped into NATO yet, but you're committing war crimes. You're going to have to be held responsible. And we can't continue to stand around the outside, watch you do this with this nuclear weapon thing held over our heads. I, I got to think, you know, even even Biden said this, if, if, if you use chemical or nuclear weapons, we'll respond in kind. He didn't say what he was going to do, and that was probably the wise thing at the point. But short of going in and fighting these guys and wiping them out, there's got to be something. But for the life of me, I can't understand what that would be. Well, I think we're all in that same boat. I, I would say that I don't think there's anyone anyone outside of Russia that believes Putin's lies. I don't think there's a single government anywhere uh, who does. I mean, even Erdogan there uh, is uh, kind of tempering his support of of Putin now. So uh, if that happens, then obviously he's lost all international support. Uh, unless he wins, in which case he'll be congratulated by North Korea and uh, and China possibly, and 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 some of the others, and but, the tr- uh, and the and the Trumplefux down in your part of the world. Oh, definitely, and, the, and of course they're not just here; uh, they're all over uh, um, the uh, uh, the spectrum, or not the spectrum, but they're in every state. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. We've got them thick here in Minnesota. Uh, the funny thing is, I went to uh, urban uh, high school. Yes. And if I go back and see some of my friends from high school, there's a large percentage of redneck, trumplefuck, stupid motherfuckers. And, and I don't, I, I can't bring myself to talk to them anymore because they are so stupid and so evil. Exactly, and and I basically stay away from politics with uh, anyone I know here because even people that I think. Uh, are fairly reasonable people. I, uh, I was able to, uh, for a while, kind of uh, quietly spy on a, a woman who was deeply into Q. And, <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. And I was amazed at the number of people that I thought were intelligent, decent people who seemed to be buying into the stuff that she was posting. 
So I immediately pulled back and I stopped sharing my opinions with a number of people that I'd been pretty open with before. Here's what I don't understand. From the moment Q came into uh, the, the presence into this country, not one thing Q has ever said has come true. Everything Donald Trump has said hasn't come true. Everything Mike Lindell has said hasn't come true. Yet they are loyal when they follow these idiots. I don't get it. I don't know if it's stupidity. I don't know if it's being brainwashed or what it is. But no matter how wrong and how bad these people are, they continue to follow them. Well, I can't quote it for you exactly. But if you take the novel 1984, uh, there's a couple of passages in there where uh, the author basically says, when the party tells you what your opinion is, you don't question it, even if they told you something. Uh, different yesterday you adjust you don't expect them to adjust and that's that's pretty much what happens with q and um it's still ongoing uh, we just maybe we'll want to segue here at some point into the supreme court uh debacle yeah. that we just witnessed but q was very very much a presence there in the question let's talk about the supreme court just briefly uh first talk about the positive things katanji brown jackson Uh, confirmed as for her seat on the Supreme Court, replacing Justice Breyer. Um, That was pretty exciting. You had to be pretty happy about the way that turned out. Very much so. And it went about exactly the way I expected it to. I was pleased that in the end, it was bipartisan with three Republicans joining in. Uh, that, That was actually terrific that they were willing to do that. Um, And of course, it was the usual suspects, uh, the three Republicans that you normally expect to be a little bit more rational. But um, I was very much disturbed by the lines of questioning and so forth by Lindsey Graham and Marsha Blackburn, the Tennessee senator, who proved herself to be um, someone willing to... uh, Follow the party line, and she was very much in in the the queue. Um, um, she took her cue from Q, if you will, with all the pedophile stuff, which is a very much a part of the central message of Q that there's this huge pedophile ring running the world, and Donald Trump is the uh, white knight who's taken him on. And there's never been any proof of it, but they still want to push this narrative. And when it came to Judge. Uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, and they keep pushing this pedophilia thing and her her, uh, her uh, soft on pedophilia trials and, and suspects was absolutely ridiculous. But it said something, you know, that's the one thing they could pull out of her. And it had nothing to do with anything current. It was passed. It was one or two cases. And it was perfectly legitimate. It's just that they perverted whatever it is they saw and they used that. That says a lot, though. That's all you got on Katanji Brown-Jackson? If that's all you got, you should just shut your fucking mouth and let it happen because they weren't going to win this situation. It was all just to damage or embarrass her. They knew she was going to get confirmed. It's just sad when you see grown people who are supposed to be respected and are supposed to be leaders drop to this childish level. Absolutely, and uh... It was not funny because this topic is never funny. No. But this morning, I see that one of Trump's advisors, who was by his side for four years in the White House, arrested and sentenced for child porn. Yeah. I, I talked about that in the last podcast. Uh, 12 plus years for child porn. He had a, and I, I always hate saying this, but this is the story. He had a personal affinity toward abuse toward babies. What kind of sick fuck is this human being? And he's not the only one. It seems every day we see another Republican. Now, that's not to say that there aren't some Democrats and independents that fall in that category, too. It's not so much a partisan thing, but for the Republicans screaming so much about it, they sure have a lot of this activity going on under their own roof. Uh, This morning, I sent out a tweet. Whenever a Republican comes out against nefarious activity, place your bets on how long it will be before they're convicted of it. Absolutely. I mean, it's all about projection. Everybody says that. I never really understood it until recently. And here's the ironic thing, Ed. If you and I are guilty of something, 
whatever it may be. The last thing I want to do is talk about that subject. I don't want that to even be in the ether. I don't want to talk about it, but they have a different tact. If I'm guilty of robbing a bank, now instead of trying to keep it quiet, I'm going to try to say somebody else robbed a bank. It makes no logical or psychological sense to me. No, but it it gets people looking the other way. It's like yelling squirrel to get a dog to look away. You know, yeah. it works every time. Well, and it and it's frustrating. Again, this is something I said after Donald Trump left office. I have been so disappointed by finding out how many stupid people there are in this country. So easily led. I got to be honest with you, Ed. Given our abilities to talk, if we had any evil streaks in us, it wouldn't be hard to pull a fucking crowd. <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I'm my mind is boggled now. I've always been something of a cynic uh, that uh, I feel like you will never. I think it was H.L. Mencken who said something along the lines, "You'll never go broke uh, betting on the." Uh, um, I, I can't come up with a quote at the moment. I'll look it up, but just Google H.L. Mencken and uh, and uh, those words, and you'll find what it is. It's, it's, it's basically the American public. It's pretty damn gullible. And there is, uh, uh, if you have a high opinion, uh, you're probably wrong. Right, right. I've always said that. If you're fanatical about anything, you got a fucking problem. If you can't understand moderation, if you're so fanatical about anything, I worry about you. I guess my quote would be, you can fool some of the people some of the time, all of the people some of the time, but dumbass trumple fucks every fucking time. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And and as you as we were talking about earlier, you don't have to be consistent. You can completely change and go in a different direction from what you said yesterday, and they follow right along. You know, the only way I've learned to deal with these people, because you can't argue with them, I've tried. They don't listen to reason. They don't understand logic. They don't listen to the truth. They will just keep trying to talk louder and longer than you are. Now, fortunately, with somebody like you or me, we can hang with them on that level. We can talk longer. We can talk louder and more consistently they, they can. But it doesn't do any good. The only thing, because of how it's so ridiculous, the things they say, the only thing I've found I'm able to do, which actually hits back, hits them hard, is look at them and fucking laugh and walk away. Once they think I think they're a fool and they're stupid, that's the thing that nails them the hardest because they're insecure motherfuckers. It's true, and they're very insecure, and they're ruled by fear. I think there's even been a couple of studies that uh, say that uh, liberals are ruled more by the thinking process, by intellect, and by uh, uh, seeking out knowledge, finding out what's true, whereas the, the conservative is much more influenced by belief and tradition and fear that which, things will change. Which which buys right in to why they accept the authoritarian standpoint. It's all Absolutely. about fear. Afraid of something, afraid of somebody. And, and now we've got people in this country that are afraid of everybody from transgendered folks to people of color to fucking women. Women, the whole group of women. And we'll talk about that. I'm going to take a quick break. And uh, then we'll come back. I want to talk about Clarence Thomas, because you brought that up and we want to talk mm -hmm. about that. And we've got some other stuff we'll talk about, too. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. All right, we are back. We talked about the Supreme Court, Ed. We talked about Katanji Brown-Jackson. That is the good news, the bad news here, and it ties into what you mentioned about QAnon. It's about Jenny Thomas, who is the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, who has a checkered background of his own. Uh, but we've got a tough situation there. 
we've got a sitting member of the Supreme Court who is married to a woman who actively tried to overthrow this government. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a con- uh, uh, a <laughs> conflict of interest. That's just me. Well, I think it usually would be. I think any rational person uh, who isn't a Trump supporter would, would see it that way. And, 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 you know, the thing about it is, is people are saying, well, he should resign or Judge Roberts, the chief justice, should do something to him. But he has no reason to have to resign because Roberts can do nothing to him. That's um, right. He doesn't even have to recuse himself. The funniest thing I heard in the news was when this was all going on, they said, you know, maybe we should have a code of ethics for the Supreme Court. What? You don't already have a fucking code of ethics? You're just letting them police themselves? They may be Supreme Court justices, but they're fucking people, fallible people. I think sometimes we forget that. And I think we also forget that I think the way it was set up originally, when when the founders, um, who were very imperfect people themselves, oh, yeah. uh, set up things, they still considered that the people running the government would be educated and of integrity, uh, that that would be paramount and that they would police themselves and expel anyone who didn't meet that standard. Well, that's certainly fallen by the wayside, if it ever really existed. Exactly. And I think with the uh, introduction of Donald Trump into our government, exposed the weakness of our government. Now, a lot of presidents didn't do certain things because of norms. People acknowledged and responded to subpoenas because of the norms. The things going on in the Supreme Court, it's assumed that they would be above reproach. Well, what Donald Trump did, he came in and broke all the norms and all that shit. And we found out there is no uh, there there is no response to it. They aren't held responsible. You're, you're they're they're trying to hold people to their own personal morals. And unfortunately, Donald Trump had them. So that's what is is a problem for me is that now that this has been exposed, that opens up the door for every Democrat or Republican that wants to be president to do whatever the fuck they want, or any Supreme Court justice to do whatever the fuck they want. Right. And I have the perspective of 70 plus years of history. I've, I've lived through uh, the latter half of the 20th century, and now I'm deep into this one. And, and I observed and saw what went on. I was in college when uh, Watergate came along, and you saw a bipartisan, a bipartisan effort to get to the bottom of this. You saw Howard Baker sitting on that committee, uh, and uh, who was a, a Republican from Tennessee, and right. uh, digging for the truth along with everyone else. And ultimately, uh, the truth was found, and Nixon was allowed to resign and move on rather than being thrown in prison. Didn't really agree with that, but at least it was men of integrity who were uh, going through a process to find the best way out of this morass. Then along comes Newt Gingrich, and he starts getting them to purge their party, party of anyone who would not go with the party line. We don't want men of integrity. We want people that will toe the line. And that's been the case ever since. And it's been divisive. You know, uh, they call the Senate the most uh, deliberative body. Well, it's anything Uh but that as of late. It's very divided. And uh, it's just my team against your team and nothing gets accomplished. And for whatever reason, the Republicans want to continue that. The thing is, these people who get on sides, I'm on the Republican side, I'm on the Democratic side, whatever they decide, the problem with this is these people fight, they try to divide you, and guess what? Not a fucking thing gets done for Americans, and that is why they're there. That's right. The Republican Party is the party of obstruction. I can't think of a single piece of legislation that the Republicans have put forward in at least two generations that made my life better. They've done a lot to make it worse, but they haven't done one thing to make it better. All progress has been when Democrats are in the Oval Office and have control. 
of the House and Senate. Well, that's one thing I brought up in the podcast yesterday, and I'm going to bring it up here again just to see what you think about this. We have people suggesting that the Republicans will win in the midterms. They'll regain majority in the House and the Senate, and then all things will be different. We're hearing Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham saying, already saying, when we get control back, we're not doing this. We're going to do that to you. And to me, that seems a little presumptuous. I mean, when you look at all of what's going on, we've got them with these ridiculous anti-abortion laws in several states. What they're, in effect, trying to do is take constitutional rights away from women. That's 51% of this country. They're trying to suppress votes and cancel history with people of color. And they're going after the LGBTQ people. Well, who the fuck do you have left to vote for you? Old white men are dying off. (laughs) You're not going to be able to win elections. And then you throw in the fact you've got Donald Trump and all these members of Congress that may be exposed for whatever whatever, uh, criminal activity they might have. Now, History might tell them the way it's going that Republicans will win in the midterms. But with all this other stuff that we've never seen in history, I don't know how they can say it. In my mind, I don't see how they can win a fucking seat. I'm in agreement with you, Mike. And I hope I'm not just, uh, you know, being Pollyanna about it. But I, I do have two points of light that that I've seen recently. Number one, um College-educated women um, have jumped to the Democrats. Uh, I think it's uh, an increase thirty-eight percent right. since uh, um, since the last election, which is good. And just this morning, um, uh, Donnie Deutsch was saying that there's a, a survey that says it it's in the seventies. I'm going to say seventy-five, so I don't go too high or too low. But seventy-five percent of voters in certain Surveys now reject the big lie that right. the election was stolen, and they furthermore feel that any elected official who kowtows uh, to the big lie should be removed from office. I don't see an overwhelming Republican win if that's accurate. No, I don't either. And, you know, there are many people out there that I talk to that are just fearful that Donald Trump will run for president in 2024 and win. And and for the life of me, I don't even see how that's even possible. First of all, he lost in 2020 by 7 million votes. He wasn't even fucking close at that point. Then when you throw in the fact of all these crimes and all these issues that are going on, he's not going to have time to run for it. I believe that when we get to 2024, the Republicans are going to be at a point saying, Uh, He's too much of a liability. We can't even run him as a candidate. And they're going to have to come up with somebody else. Um, But the one thing, one thing that I see as a happy note for those people worried about Donald Trump running is this presidential records issue. We now find out that the uh, DOJ is investigating it. And that could be the answer to some of these people's fears. Absolutely. I mean, when you take all of those, you steal essentially all of that classified information he had sitting in boxes at Mar-a-Lago, that uh, uh, lots of potential charges there. We have missing phone logs, which is also uh, breaking not only tradition, but also breaking the law in that. uh, um, Well, that's part of uh, the presidential record. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So there's all of that. Plus recently Trump is being saying, been saying, I may run if my health allows. Right. Now, that's, right. that's his get out of jail free card in a sense. I mean, hopefully he can't get out of jail, but it's his way of saying, well, I can't run because my health is not up to it. And yet he's raising all this money, millions and millions of dollars that he's raising for his potential win that he's just sitting on. There's even a, uh, a possibility that he might be uh, there might be some sort of legal challenge to that right in right. that he's raising all this money essentially under false pretenses if he does not run well he you know if he is going to run and i honestly don't believe he is especially with this record uh, presidential records thing it has a fairly short 
jail sentence up to three years. Fines could be a couple hundred thousand dollars. None of that is is really comparable to some of the other major crimes that he committed. But there's one part of that uh, of that punishment for that crime is that you can never run for another elected office again. And if you're in an elected office, you're going to get kicked out. So hopefully that will make people feel better if they do this pretty simple, pretty small conviction. Even if he doesn't get jail time, at least he can't run for any elected office again. Exactly. I'm seeing uh, some of the charges against him in New York. He's, I believe, now being charged $10,000 a day for right. contempt unless he shows up uh, to to be deposed there. Uh, there are other things that are all coming to a head here fairly soon. Uh, we saw Jared and Ivanka go in and testify for six or eight hours in front of the January 6th committee. Uh, are they throwing daddy under the bus? I don't Absol- know. Absolutely. I mean, these people are young. They have careers, they have lives, and they have kids. If it's between their families and Donald Trump, especially since they know Donald Trump is fucking nuts, they're going to throw him under the bus in a minute to save their ass. Yeah, sorry about that. There, somebody is calling me to renew my car warranty. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I got a car warranty. I don't know why people keep calling me, but I don't really know anyone in Bisbee, Arizona. So uh, I guess uh, uh, I'm just going to let that ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, any, you know, the the thing about it is, 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 is that um, there's going to be a lot of people bailing on Donald Trump. There already has been. Because this is going to come down. What people always say to me, oh, nothing's ever going to happen to Donald Trump. Nothing's ever, he doesn't, isn't accountable. What people forget is his whole Trump organization has been indicted. His CFO has been indicted. There are investigations into the January 6th insurrection and his uh, presidential uh, records violations. There's a lot of shit happening to Donald Trump. But one thing we learned from, um, from uh, uh, Watergate. While Nixon got pardoned and he got away with it, a lot of people around him went to jail. People not unlike Mark Meadows, Bill Barr, you know, Attorney General, Chief Chief of Staff. Those fuckers went to jail with with uh, Nixon's tenure, and that wasn't even one tenth of what's going on now. Absolutely. And and that's a good point you make. And I just want to highlight it real quick. If you look back, uh, let's just start with Reagan. Uh, Forget about Nixon because we just covered that. Let's start with Reagan. And you check every Republican administration versus every Democratic administration. How many people went to jail? Right. Well, let's see. Carter, I think it was none. And Obama, I think it was none. Right. Uh, Clinton, there were a couple. Um, But uh, Reagan, both Bushes and Trump, even Trump, people have already (laughs) gone to jail. And, uh, you know, he pardoned a bunch of people or Stone and Manafort and uh, others. uh, uh, um, Even even a Watergate figure. Uh, He he uh, he. well, you had Haldeman. Yeah, Haldeman. You had Mitchell, who was the attorney general. You had a lot of people that went to jail because they were all part of this situation. Well, I, and um, Agnew, of course, uh, was. Well, uh, <laughs> um, there's a, a Rachel Maddow has just been. You know, she had a, a podcast about him and his influence peddling and so forth. It's being turned into a movie. That's why she's been off TV. She's coming back tonight, though, and I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I'm too. Uh, well, the Nixon was a swamp, but uh, Trump was a bigger swamp. Trump is basically a cesspool. It's yeah. worse than a swamp. But, but you know, the thing with Agnew is now that you mentioned it, he got kind of lucky. He got out of there before the whole Watergate hit real hard. Granted, he was convicted of a crime, <laughs> yeah. but he maybe ended up better off in the end. I think so, but um, I, I'm still hoping that uh, – some others will fall by the wayside. Uh, uh, I'm very disturbed that CBS News just hired, uh, uh, is it Mnuchin? Uh, it, was, it was one of Trump's biggies uh, to be a commentator. That, 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 uh, that, that isn't even the bad one. Fox mm-hmm. hired Caitlyn Jenner. 
Now, if you've ever heard of Caitlyn, ever heard Caitlyn Jenner talk, she is an anomaly. Uh, Granted, she's transgendered, and that's not a problem. We respect that. But she is a hardcore Trump-humping piece of shit, regardless of what her sexual orientation is. But my question, Ed, is this. (laughs) If Caitlyn Jenner is going to Fox to work there, what's she going to do when she has to go to the bathroom? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They're going to have to build a Caitlyn Jenner bathroom. What I don't understand, though, is how can Fox expect their audience, who is virulently anti-transgender, to accept this person as a commentator? It makes no sense. I think they think it's going to cause a hubbub and get more listeners or more viewers. I think it goes back to the old thing is no publicity is bad publicity or all publicity is good publicity. I'm sure that's the case. I mean, they deal in outrage. That's their stock and trade. That's what they sell. Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 it's frustrating. You know, we keep hearing about, you know, when we talk about people going down for crimes, of course, the name Matt Gates comes up and mm-hmm. um, people are saying, when's something going to happen to Matt Gates? When's something going to happen to Matt Gates? And we know that Joel Greenberg has given up a lot on Matt Gates. And then he says, I got more. Give me a little more time before you sentence me. And he did it again. Now he's going to be sentenced in May. And I'm sure that sometime between now and then or shortly thereafter, Matt Gates is going to be taken down and he's going to be taken down hard because he's clearly guilty. But the one thing people don't pay attention to is when they've talked about Joel Greenberg and they've talked about this case, they're not just talking about Matt Gates. And this may be why it's taking so long. They're talking about a lot of Republicans in Florida. I don't know if that means Marco Rubio, uh, DeSantis, or some of the state people or not. But more is going to happen than Matt Gates coming down. There's going to be a lot of people in Florida coming down for this fucking shit. God, I hope so. And I hope uh, that uh, Rubio is one of them. Uh, and the Satanist, sure. You know, the uh, uh, I, I can't understand how anyone could vote for this uh, uh, piece of totally, shit. Well, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> I was going to try to come up with something that sounded a lot, lot better, but uh, nothing's more effective than that, right. and nothing is more accurate than that. Uh, one thing uh, you mentioned earlier about, you know, I was an actor and so forth, and uh, I, I did a lot of commercials, uh, both voiceover and on camera and so forth. And I just read a thing that, that said that both Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert were, uh, if you go back a few years, you'll find them on the website for this, this, uh, uh, I hate to dignify it by calling a talent agency called explore talent. Uh, the first <laughs> thing you learn when you get into uh, the business is you don't ever go with an agency that charges you right. uh, uh, for them to try to get you work because they work on commission from you working. But if, the, if they are getting paid just to uh, put up your picture on a website, uh, they're not working for you. Well, but both of, both of them were part of that. And which just shows you how gullible they are. I mean, uh, uh, and also the other thing about a lot of those sites and uh, remember Mr. Epstein and Donald Trump too, both had uh, escort um, services and so forth. Absolutely. Uh, when you're talking about trafficking and so forth, uh, the Trumpster is heavily involved with that. And uh, I'm not going to malign Melania and say that's how they met. But uh, I've it's seen certain. her photographs, and those are not model pro- portfolio photos. Those no, are escort photo- photos. No, nobody can find any real model portfolio. She wasn't a supermodel. She wasn't even a model, as far as I know, maybe a few things here and there. And while we're on the talk of, topic about who we really are, um, I will tell you, I get a lot of people, the trolls will come to me and say, oh, you sure you're tough on TikTok. You're tough in podcasts. It's all a show. If you were in front of you, it would be a different story. You're just a keyboard warrior, a microphone warrior. You've known me for many years on the air and off the air. 
What would you say the vast difference is between me now on this show as opposed to <laughs> when you knew me when we were in a private conversation? Is there any difference, do you see? Uh, no, Mike, uh, you've been really consistent. And uh, I know for a fact, somebody getting in your face uh, had better watch. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I, we, uh, I lived in the neighborhood where you grew up, right, right. working class, uh, uh, working class, liberal union, uh, uh, probably the most liberal uh, um, neighborhood in, in all of Minnesota. Uh, but uh, Folks didn't take no shit. No, they don't take any shit. And you know, the thing about it is, is remember when Jesse Ventura won the governor's position in the state of Minnesota? Yep. Well, he he went to the same high school I went to, grew up in the same area I grew up in, except he was maybe closer to your age than my age. Yeah. So I never went to school with him. And I would hear from people all around the country and they'll say, I really like Jesse because he says what he thinks he does. He, he speaks, he's in your face and all that stuff. And I always told him, I said, look, if you like that kind of guy, all you have to do is go down to the Cardinal bar on Hiawatha Avenue. There's about <laughs> 50 of them in there right now. That That's was just right. the, that was just the attitude of the neighborhood. You didn't fuck with us and you got back in their face. Nobody had a problem speaking out. So this isn't a show for whatever reason, <laughs> as much to my family's chagrin, this is how I fucking am. And uh, I've always respected that about you. And I always figured, you know, if I need somebody at my uh, at my back, I want it to be Mike. <laughs> and, and, and this is why we make a good team here, because you're you're a little more sophisticated, a little kinder and gentler. And that hopefully gives us a balance. You know, but I'm getting meaner the older I get. <laughs> well, that happens, you know, especially when you see some of the bullshit that's going on. You can't help but get mad about this. Um I, I'm sure you can relate to this. I get people coming to me all the time and saying, well, why do you speak out? Why do you start trouble? I'd never start trouble. If somebody comes to me, then we get into a brouhaha, but I don't go to them. But my, my attitude is that we have a duty in this country to speak out when we don't like it, whether we have a small platform or a big platform, it doesn't really matter. We need to speak out because 20, 50, 100 years from now, I don't want my grandkids to say, well, all this bad shit was going on and he didn't do a fucking thing. I want to at least respect that and at least try to make the future for my grandkid better as best I can. Well, I, I agree with you 100 percent. And, um, you know, during the Vietnam War, I was in college. But when I got out, I volunteered because. I thought it was my duty to be a part of, uh, to, to serve my country in, in some capacity. As it turned out, I didn't go to Vietnam. I went to Korea as a linguist, but still I could have. I yeah, didn't specify absolutely. what I would do, but, uh, I have always been motivated by a real repugnance toward ignorance. Because I grew up with it. It was all around me. I heard all these people talking about that, that black, black people were stupid and lazy and uh, dirty. And yet I lived in the black neighborhood and they weren't. No, Everyone who not. said that was lying. And I knew that. And I knew that from the time I was two years old uh, on up that a goodly portion of the people that I lived around believe something that was totally a lie and they believed it with all their heart and all their soul and they were willing uh, to commit violence because of it and i knew it was a lie and well, I, ever since then when i see a lie i have to, i have to say that's what that is it's not the truth it's a lie you know what will happen to me sometimes though is if someone comes up with a lie like that and i speak out they will try to make me out to be the bad guy because I started some shit. Well, mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to come and say something to me that's a lie or bullshit or harmful or evil, it's my duty to speak out. And if they don't like it because they can't address the argument, that's not my fucking fault. Keep your mouth shut and keep walking. But if you come up mm -hmm. to me, you're asking for whatever I'm going to dole out. 
Yeah, I think you're willing to take a punch for what you believe, Mike, and I respect that. <laughs> well, growing up where I grew up, you had to learn how to take a punch. I'm old now. That's why I told somebody once. I'm old. I'm not as fast. I'm not as strong, but I'm just as mean. And I know from experience, I can take a fucking punch. Well, there you go. And uh, the I, I, I full disclosure, I just got out of Twitter jail. Oh, uh, already? It was, it, yeah, it was, a, it was a long slog, but uh, I did my time. And the reason I did was we uh, – did you watch the Oscars? I didn't, yeah. Uh, yeah well, okay, well, not much. I just saw the incident. You saw the slap, right? The slap. Well, well the next morning, um, George Conway, that's the husband of Kellyanne Conway, who right. used to work for Trump. Uh, he's extremely liberal. Uh, you know, I don't know how the two of them stay married, but I, I, was, uh, I saw a tweet from him that said, wow, the Grammys were a lot calmer than the Oscars. <laughs> and I, I had to quip back. Yeah. I was hoping somebody would slap Justin Bieber. <laughs> I barely got the, the apostrophe. I mean, the, the, the exclamation point down before Twitter jumped me. Well, for uh, 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 inciting violence against Justin Bieber. Well, did you hear the other tweet tweet thing is where uh, Jimmy Kimmel was on his show? And, <laughs> yes. And he was talking about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene saying something about pedophiles and all that stuff. And all he said was, where is Will Smith when you need her? And, yep. and, and, and Marjorie Taylor Greene tweets back at ABC. I can't believe that Jimmy Kimmel is is provoking this kind of violence against me. <laughs> yeah, she reported him to the Capitol Police who, pre- who proceeded to yawn and get on with their business. Well, you got the Capitol Police who she didn't vote to give him the, the, gold, the, medals, the yeah. gold medals and also was part of starting the insurrection. I got to think the Capitol police, first of all, don't have jurisdiction over Jimmy Kimmel or jokes, <laughs> nor do they want to do anything for Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm, I'm sure not. And uh, the woman is nothing but a mouth. Um, she and uh, Bobert and uh, uh, the usual suspects in the Republican party, um, when they when they're elected, once they get to Washington, the the Senate and the House leadership take one look at them and say, "Okay, these people are good for one thing, and that's doing the trash talk. We'll sit back, we'll let them do that, and that is their only purpose. They will never write a piece of legislation. They will never do anything that even remotely resembles the job they were elected to do. All they will ever do." Is yap 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 like a like a a, a terrier um, trying to get a squirrel down out of a tree. Lauren Bobert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gozart, Louis Gohmert, um, Matt Gates. This is the professional wrestling caucus in the Republican Party because that's how they act. It's just about stirring shit up, not accomplishing anything. You know, Jim Jordan, for example, he's been in what fourteen years and has never had one bill. <laughs> that's passed. Yes, I mean, these exactly. fucking people are doing nothing but stirring shit up. And that's the unfortunate thing that people keep voting them in, even though they don't do shit about shit. Well, that's it. And they're not allowed to. I mean, the, the, the leadership realizes what they are. They'll give them committee assignments and so forth, but they know they're never going, they don't have the smarts to come up with legislation or, or better yet to, to shepherd it through and make it become a law because that really takes finesse and, and it takes uh, being able to work across the aisle and it, and it takes being able to get some respect or leverage within your own party to get people to follow you. And none of them have that and none of them ever will. All right. Yeah. We're going to, we're running out of time here. We're going to wrap it up, but I just wanted to clean a few things up for what we're going to do here. Um, Initially what I thought we were going to do, I wanted to see how available you are to do the podcast. I know you're anxious to do more and we're anxious to have you do more. And so are the listeners. I think the way I'm going to do this, and I told the listeners this, I'm going to keep doing my podcast as I normally do the podcast, almost virtually every day. I do it at midnight, talk about the day before, and that's what we do. So instead of replacing those podcasts with our podcast, 
I'll just make them a separate set of podcasts. They'll still be in the rational boomer stream and, and all of that, but it'll be like a separate show or an additional show to what I normally do. So how available are you? I'll make myself available. Because okay. um, uh, I, I really think it's important and, and, and it's fun. And, um, you know, other than mowing the lawn and uh, <laughs> uh, doing gardening and uh, driving my wife various places, I, 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 I don't have, uh, you know, daily commitments anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I mean, I have commitments because I'm married and so do you. So that takes precedence, whatever they need us to do. Uh, other than this, but, but other than that, I do have a lot of flexibility. So let's plan on that. We'll have Ed Jones on minimum once a week more if he's willing. And there's no limitation as to how many we can do as long as we can connect up like we're doing here and uh, get the show done. But that's the one thing uh, we just did a show here. Now it's very easy. Time goes by pretty quickly and it's not so difficult for you and I to interact. So these shows will be the easy ones to do. Sounds great to me. And I, like I say, I'm really, really enjoying it. And I, I think it, it will get even better as time moves oh, along. I mean, we're pretty awesome now, but yeah, yeah, we'll get better <laughs> over time. And, and, and again, I tell the folks, I want you to interact uh, with the show. You can reach me directly at rationalboomer at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm, look for the Rational Boomer podcast, and you can leave voicemails. So it'll be interesting. We want to hear from you and uh, talk about things you want us to talk about or just make comments or complaints, recipes. I don't give a fuck. And thank you. And thank you for spending some time. And uh, we'll be talking again real soon. Glad to talk with you, Mike. And I look forward to it. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.